Come on. Time is right. The time is now. Welcome to Lifeblood Be Well, and welcome our guest, strong and powerful Sid Garza-Hillman. Welcome, Sid. Thank you, George. Nice to see you. Glad to be here. Yeah. Sid is a writer. He is a podcaster, a speaker, a health coach, a nutritionist. Like I said, all the things you are, you you have a lot going on, sir. Tell us a little bit about your personal (laughs) life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, I uh, th- again, thanks. Um, I I do a lot, uh, which is which is part of what I teach people and coach people. I'm a small stepper. Uh, I have a unique small steps approach to living well, and that includes things like productivity. Uh, I get a lot done, but I also have an active family life. I got three kids and my wife, and we work and do things that normal families do. But I also get some things done as well. I've written three books. A uh, new book just came out this week. And I direct an ultra marathon and I run a wellness center at a resort here in Mendocino and um, coach people and, yeah, keep it busy. Loving, loving what I do. Used to be a full-time actor and musician and, and still have that. Uh, the music part is definitely part of my existence day to day here. So um, kind of bring all those things into my life at once. Nice. I appreciate all that. So have you always been somebody who likes to break things up into small increments? How did you, how did you come upon that knowledge? Yeah. Well, the, the unique part of what, how I teach it, I, my bachelor's degree is in philosophy. So, so it really infected in a good way, everything I've done since I, you know, I had no intention of doing what I do now. It just, one is one of those life turns and I was like, this is incredible. And I've absolutely love it. So I've been doing it for about 12, 13 years now. Um, so my small steps approach isn't that it's necessarily small in the world size. It's a perception how you perceive the step. So some clients I've had, if it's a nutritional side of things, you know, maybe they have cancer, their small step is to change their diet overnight because for them it's manageable. The stress isn't around that isn't too much because of the circumstances. So they're ma- willing to make a change that for most people would be way too big, but for them it's a small step. For other people, this is not a joke. I've started them with one stalk of celery per day because they have been a junk food eater for 50 years and the idea of turning their lives around and yo-yo dieting uh, is not sustainable, which is why they're coming to me in the first place because they've yo-yo dieted 1,500 times. So it was really just out of my work initially as a nutritionist, seeing people fail to implement my recommendations long-term and realizing it's either about the recommendations, but it really wasn't. It was about how to manage that knowledge, how to use it in a long-term way. And that's when I just had to crack that nut. Um, so really up until that time, I didn't really use this kind of thing. But since then, I use it absolutely in my own writing, in my own music, and, and in my own life. And everything I do is through the, through the filter of small stepping for sure. Nice. Well, I appreciate that. So when you are, you are engaging people, they have come to a fork in the road or they're just interested in making a change. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that's a good question because it's a very specific personality that comes to me. In fact, when I when I have an online program, but when I'm talking to pre-interviewing people for my intensive, which is a one-on-one thing, I'm very upfront about it. I'm like, I need to know your level of pain uh, because if you think, well, I do want to get healthier, but man, that flashy diet over there still looks good. I need you to go do that like 10 more times until you're exhausted <laughs> and you're like, I don't ever want to do that again. It's I hate yo-yo dieting. I hate gaining stuff and losing it. That's the, my best client when they're freaking done and walking into my d- virtual door saying, 
I don't want to do it the way I've done it anymore because it doesn't last and I'm tired of it and I'm over it. And then I say, good, now let's get the real work done. And that's my best client who has just been through it. If you're in your 20s, probably not good for me because I need you to do it again. I need you to sort of play the field, get it out of your system so that you're not always looking over your shoulder and then going, okay, now let's get the real work done. And that's the philosophy of this. That is the thinking of this that makes it hard, the hardest work people have done, but the most rewarding because they're setting a stage for long-term habit change. And that's, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Amen. It's interesting. My brain, I don't know if it's cause just whatever my brain wants to make, make analogies to things. And there's a lot of talk these days about people um, investing for the first time just with apps like Robinhood and it, it, people who are professional in the industry talk about losing money in the stock market. They refer to that as your tuition, that you're going to go ahead and do it and that you just need to learn it's it. Do you, do you think that that's similar? I do. I think that you have to, until you realize, um, until you've lost something, you, you know what's at stake and you've been through the process of it. And then potentially that hopefully changes your behavior around it. But sometimes it needs to happen a few times. You know, it's like a, the, the famous Einstein quote, you know, insanity, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. That's what yo-yo dieting is. That's what, you know, working with a personal trainer is for many people, not for everybody, but it's, it's doing something, getting the gains, losing them, and then thinking, I'm going to do that exact same model, but it'll work this time. Mm. And eventually... <laughs> you just kind of grow up about it, <laughs> you know, and you move on. You're like, all right, I'm going to be an adult. I always, I call the, in my new book, I call it the Veruca Salt uh, phenomenon. You know, Veruca Salt from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. She was like, I want it now. And that's kind of what we do with wellness. And I want it now. I'm going to be even productivity or creative stuff. I want it. I want to do this now. And when we can sort of get over that and realize what we really want isn't just to get a gain and lose it. We want to stick with it. Okay, well, then now you got to set the stage in a very different way. You got to manage your stress around it. You got to make sure you don't take on too much too soon and overwhelm yourself. These are nuanced, subtle ways to attack, to approach a life. And it takes, you know, again, depth of work, depth of feeling. It's not just a surface. I got to lose 10 pounds in 21 days. It's like, no, if I'm going to keep it off, maybe I'm going to take a lot longer to lose those 10 pounds. But man, when I get there, I'm hanging with it. I'm sticking with it. That's a very different approach to a very, to a similar goal. Yeah, that 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 that's really interesting. I'd never really considered that. That, yeah, sure, you could throw everything out and just start sprinting and eating food that you hate and drinking water for three weeks, four weeks, and drop that ten pounds you want. But odds are, it's not going to be sustainable. It's it's not going to fit. It's not going to be part of your life. So that's going to be another failure for you. That's right. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. So you mentioned addressing the stresses, making sure you're not doing too much, not making sure you're doing it too soon. What are if, if, if there's a way to sort of break down all those variables or, or really some of the key variables? Uh, in terms of uh, stress just in general? I mean, people's... Just just people like, who are who are trying to make that change that, that show up, they say, yep, my, my level of pain is a 10 out of 10. I, I think I'm ready. Okay. Yeah, so the way that I approach them is to say, okay, well, the, usually, and I probably because I'm a nutritionist, I've been out and about for a while, so people come to me with, they understand they want the small steps thing and but there's a certain bent toward nutrition toward food. They seem to think that is the place that they can make the gains is in the, how they eat. 
which is specifically why <laughs> I go, we'll talk about food later. Mm. And that's what makes evil a little bit mad at first, not mad, but they're like, what? I go later because for almost every single client I've ever had, it isn't about the food, it's about how they relate to food. In other words, if I can help them manage their stress, then all of a sudden they are a different person when they eat. And that means that at that point, they can eat however they want. They can actually first define how they wanna eat, how they wanna live, and then make those changes in the world. And they can have the tools to make, again, sustainable change. So it is like, look, I can help you lose weight, here's how. Let's incorporate small step of, you know, taking some deep breaths every hour. What? How's that related to, to, to losing weight? Well, because if you can manage your stress via small steps and via nice light exercise, not beating yourself up in the gym, working on your sleep habits, working on how you, you know, create and, and are you doing things outside of that give you joy, like creating things and playing music and the, all of a sudden you don't need to go to food so much. It's not a reaction. It's an action. Now you're not having a bad stressful day and eating junk food. You're like, yeah, I had a really good day and now I'm going to eat something cool. And sometimes I'll eat something less than healthy, but it's a very different ball game when it's not a reactive. So I'm helping people become actors in their lives instead of reactors. Yeah, no, I, I, I that, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I think about the, the different triggers that, that, that we have that cause us to react through potentially eating, potentially spending, potentially yeah, engaging right. in some, some, some less than positive activity that, that we as human beings, and it's perfectly human to do that, um, can do that. What, what role does, does sort of like a core belief play? Like, do I really believe that I can be a healthy, active person? Is that, is, is that an important part of what you're doing? Super important. And here's why, because this is and this is why it's the real work for me, because it's it's identity. You know, it's it's about identity. It's not only how you see yourself, but it's how other people see you. All of a sudden, if you start being healthier, I've had amazing things happen where and not in a good way necessarily, but, you know, people make themselves healthier. They're on a trek and then family members start to consciously try to derail that. Mm. It's all of a sudden it shakes up the world of everybody who sees you a certain, well, they're the person that eats this way and it makes them feel weird when you stop eating that way. And so all the more reason to kind of play that, you know, consider that in your actions. Um, but at the same time, your own identity first. So what I do coach people is before they make move one is to, is to identify their ideals, to really define who they are and regardless of how they've been acting. So in other words, if they come to me and they're obese and they just self-describe as a binger, I go, are you not happy with that? They go, no. And I go, why? Who's the person that's not happy with you being a binger? Because that's the person we got to get in contact with. Deep down, they know they're actually not who that is and they're identifying a conflict now between how they're, they've been behaving and who they truly are. So that's when the identity shifts happens, not to a new identity, but actually to the original, to the real one, to start dispensing of, uh, dispensing of, of messaging they've heard from other people and they've heard they're beating themselves up and to start to kind of come back often to who they really, really are and then letting that person emerge over time. And that's the, the nuanced work of this. Look, I will be honest, uh, heavy stuff's come up in my work. I'm not a psychologist. So as soon as that does, then I say, listen, I need you to be with a therapist because that's their forte. I'm a habit change guy. But in that world where all of a sudden they're paying attention to their lives this way, heavy stuff's come up on occasion. And then they start working with a therapist and then we're sort of part of that, that you know, team to move forward for their benefit. 
Yeah, well, that certainly makes sense. And, you know, anytime we're talking about making real and lasting change, it's probably going to get messy. Heavy stuff is yeah. probably going to come up. And if it doesn't, you're probably just not digging enough. I think. It's there. <laughs> I know. And it's, and that's it's such a good point, George. It's like it, it's, you know, if you compartmentalize stuff and shove stuff down, it doesn't go away. And it, and it, it manifests in, in very negative ways, including how you, again, go to binge eat food or drugs or alcohol, all those things that sort of distract us. Social media is a big one now. Um, everything that we have on our phones is a, in many cases, can be a real distraction from the things that we're not dealing with. So all the more reason to take it easy, take the time to do it so that it doesn't throw you into overwhelm. What if, what happens if you get overstressed and overwhelmed? You're going to go back to the stuff you didn't have to think about. That's, that's why almost 100% of diets fail. You're like, screw this, it's too much. I'm going to go back to this other way. I, I, it wasn't as healthy, but man, I didn't have to be all thinking about it all the time, right? And mm -hmm. so this is a method of just taking it easy so you can, you can make the real change. Yeah. Interesting. When people think about what it means to be healthy, I imagine that, that if I spent a couple of minutes and wrote that down on a piece of paper, it would be different than what you wrote down. Probably mm -hmm. not that different. Right. Uh, but, I, you know, I bet that's perhaps an exercise that you take people through and what their sort of perception is, um, it's, it's not going to be one size fits all. And it shouldn't be. That's right. And it's not just healthy, but happy. Like mm. my new book's called it's it's about happiness. It's a happy happiness. Six truths. It's, a, it's all about happiness. Um, when I and it's a written exercise, by the way, George, like that's what that's the first thing I do with people before we uh, I'm not talking about food. I'll talk about that later. Let's dial in kind of what your ideals are in writing. And, and as much as somebody wants to eat healthy and maybe has followed a diet where they do it 100% for how many days, never once has somebody written in their ideal, I call it the ideal idea, never once has somebody written, I yo-yo diet or I'm militant <laughs> and rigid around food, right? So all of a sudden they're writing, I have a healthy relationship around food. I don't eat, if I don't eat something less than, you know, super healthy, I don't worry about it. I don't beat myself up. That's what they're writing. They don't write that I'm militant and can never eat something less than healthy. They write that they don't really think about food so much. But without that core, they're going to go to a diet that does force them into 100% all or nothing kind of weird temporary thing that they burn out on and blow off, blow out. Whereas in their ideal idea, they're like, yeah, I'm, I eat healthy most of the time and I can have treats and I don't care and I don't beat myself up. And that's, then I can get the real work done because now they've defined actually who they are around food in this case, but around everything. Yeah. What a powerful exercise that is right there. It's crazy. It takes people longer than they think. They all get that done and then they're like battling it out for a week because they're looking at how they've been behaving and that's in conflict with who I am and they're having to define it. Sometimes asking for the first time in 50 years who they really are, right? We're so used to saying I'm lazy, I'm, but they may not be really, right? And they got to reconcile that conflict over, the, over time. Yeah. And in order to do that work, I mean, it sounds so simple and intellectually it is. It's so simple. Yeah. Just answer these questions, yeah. sit down, do it. It's just like writing out, you know, we all know that we're supposed to have our goals. We're supposed to be keeping a budget. We're supposed to be eating, whatever it might be. Um, but a lot of the time, to your point here, it does require that we find ourselves on that in that really awful position where I, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of not being I'm sick, sick and tired of, of feeling that crap. So now it is yeah. actually time. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And it's it's uh, it's. Kind of cool to watch. And by the way, that document that they write evolves over time too. So as they continue now to engage in their lives, all of a sudden they go, you know what? Actually, I I don't fashion myself a certain way. Like I always thought of myself as a so and so, and now I'm not that way. Or 
it just, you know, changes happen. So I always, at the beginning of the work, they write that. And then at the end of the work, I have them reread it. And sometimes things have changed as they've gotten more into their lives and started to emerge to live their ideal lives. They realize there's new avenues and new things they want to explore that they didn't really even realize in the beginning. It's really, yeah. really, really cool to watch. I'd be surprised if, if, if it wasn't totally, not, not totally different, but that initial idea of when they're not feeling great and all of a sudden, uh-huh. hopefully we are, they are making great progress and they're physically right. probably feeling stronger, which helps them to mentally right. feel stronger and emotionally and everything else. Sleeping better, the whole thing. Yeah, it's all interconnected and um, in a very cool way. So, um, yeah, you learn how to manage your stress. All of a sudden, you're in control, and that's uh, you. And and furthermore, you know what you can control and what you can't, and you care less about the stuff that you can't, and you engage more of the stuff that you can, and you manage your stress along the way. And you're, it's a, it's very cool. And one one part of my approach that is often overlooked sometimes with people is sometimes you're also aware that you're not doing enough. And you do way more. You ramp it up a ton. People always go, oh, you're, it's all about small. It's like, no, no, you can go from 10 squats to four miles. You just got to find that sweet spot that's not overwhelming you, but not also underwhelming you. No stagnancy and no burnout. It's always that sweet. You know, people who work with me know how to get there and, and stay there in that nice adaptive stress place. Not too little, not too much. Yeah, I, I can see immense value in, in having somebody help you with that process right there because – not necessarily the easiest thing for, for us to figure that sweet spot out on our own. Yeah. I mean, that's the accountability of it. You know, I'm meeting with people. I mean, and with cl- private clients, I'm in touch every day. Even in my online program, it's daily emails. It's stuff that keeps them daily engaged, not with a ton of minutes per day necessarily, but a lot of thinking. A lot of stuff they can kind of think about even when they're at work. They don't have to put anything on hold. They can just learn how to manage a busy life in moments, taking moments to reground and reconnect and how that infects in a good way all the other areas of their lives. And so they come home at the end of the day, a very, very different, uh, very different person. When you read, and I don't, I don't mean this to be, uh, to, 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 to get into anything political or anything like that. Um, when let's just assume that, 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 obesity is in fact i think that we can agree that obesity is not a good state so is there something that 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 is most frustrating to you as as you look out across just just americans in general and maybe what is what is your advice to people who are maybe not at that that uh, terminal area or, or, or that awful place where they're ready to have a conversation with you, but just to kind of plant it in, plant it in the back of their head. Yeah, I would say whether they're you know at that pain threshold, whether they got to get it fixed. But I think to to start even for moments a day thinking about your ideals. Uh, you know, I think it's very strong and powerful to recognize, uh, that we're not, and I've had to definitely, you know, eat and crow, <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a father and there's been times where I'm have to admit to myself that I'm not behaving the way that I know I want to. It doesn't make me a bad father. It just makes me not the father I am. So then I get to make a choice of like, okay, what can I, what can I do to become that guy more often when I walk in the door at the end of the day? Uh, my second book is about that very thing, raising healthy parents, how to take care of yourself as a parent so that you can implement whatever style of parenting you have. It's, it's a little bit eat and crow to admit that you've taken some wrong turns. They're not a reflection of who you are, but you got to know who you are first to be able to say that. And so just the thinking of it can make you a little bit more aware and make you, uh, empowered to make some changes when you're ready at that point that you're ready. And there's no force in it. There's no bad person about it. Like, Oh my gosh, I, I, uh, I haven't been living on my terms. 
what a, what a great way to say that instead of I'm lazy. You guys, I've been living on my terms. I gotta, I gotta match this up. I gotta get out in the world a little bit more. And, um, I always prefer that, that way. I think it's a truth. I don't think it's a word game. I think it's actually true. And, uh, it's such a cool way to look at stuff. And instead of just, I beat myself up, beat myself up. What do you think that behavior is going to lead to more bad behavior? You're exhausting and it's stressful and it feels bad. But if you can say, you know what, I just haven't been living life on my terms. Let me find out what, exactly what my terms are, and now i got to get this done when I'm ready. I love it. That could have been it right there, Sid, but the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to sound like a little broken record, but here's, here's my mantra. Ready? Mind first, body second. I did a YouTube video, and I have done a, I have a podcast too. Mind first, body second. As much as you want potentially bodily changes, you know, physical changes, six-pack abs or whatever – if you want it to stick, it's mind first, body second. That means get your ducks in a row up here. Then when you're ready, implement change into the world. How you eat, how you exercise, how you relate, how you do what, create all those things. Mind first, body second. Well, I think that, that is great stuff that definitely gets Come on. Come on. That's it. Thank you so much Good. for coming on. <laughs> where can people learn more about you? Uh, how can they engage with you? And then tell us where they can get a copy of the new book. Uh, thanks. Uh, they can engage with, I quit all social media in 2018 as part of just what I do. I'm not, I don't advocate that, but it was a, a just an experiment, uh, to see what that was like. I, so I went all the way there. So my website is sidgarzahillman.com, all one word, sidgarzahillman.com. My programs are smallsteppers.com. That's my 12 week online program. There's a six part video, free six part video series. People can check out there, smallsteppers.com. And then if somebody's interested in more of a, well, totally one-on-one -on -one daily, like they're really, it's smallstepintensive.com. And those are the three main sites. And I've got the What Sid Thinks podcast and I'm on YouTube. Um, and those are my uh, avenues. Uh, my new book, Six Truths, Live by These Truths and Be Happy, Don't and You Won't. And it's out everywhere. It's distributed uh, internationally, but anyways, um, Amazon and bookstores and everything else, Six Truths. So that's where they can get that. I love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Sid your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. I've got to have you back on to talk about that uh, getting off social media thing, Sid. So go, Whenever go, you're ready. Go to <laughs> Sid Garza Hillman. It's S-I-D-G-G-A-R-Z-A-H-I-L-L-M-A-N.com. Go to smallstepintensive.com. Go to smallsteppers.com. Check out the What Sid Thinks podcast and then find... His new book, Six Truths, wherever fine books are sold. Thanks again, Sid. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.